Welcome back to the podcast, First Baptist Family. It's Sunday, January the 22nd, and I'm actually recording this podcast during the Sunday school hour because uh, someone notified me that the last couple of days podcasts had not posted for some reason. So we apologize for that. Um, some mishap in the scheduling of the podcast that I had re-recorded, or excuse me, pre-recorded. So now I'm re-recording them. And what I'm going to do today for this podcast is I'm just going to very briefly go over the last two days of prayer emphasis and podcast, and we'll just do three in one. So this this uh, podcast may be a little longer than uh, previous ones, but hopefully you'll still follow along. So going back to January the 20th, if you just look back in your prayer guide and want to have your copy of God's Word open, uh, this is Ephesians 5.19 and Colossians 3.16, and you'll notice that often in the book of Ephesians and in the book of Colossians, uh, Paul writes in very, very similar language. There are a number of different passages in these books that almost sound verbatim, like uh, Paul has copied, but he's, he's basically using similar language to describe uh, different things that are happening in these specific churches. And so in Ephesians 5.19, our uh, verse 4, January the 20th, it says that the people of God would be filled with the Spirit, verse 18, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. The, the phrase goes on to say, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in Colossians, over in Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, we read very similar language. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So a couple of things that Paul stresses in these passages of Scripture. One is the teaching nature of singing as it relates to the people of God. Uh, songs are meant for us to learn from. They're meant for us to glory in. They're meant for us to be pointed to the Lord and to the gospel and to be pointed to Christ. Uh, songs are meant to help teach the congregation to grow in faith, to teach good theology. Songs are meant to encourage each other as we join our voices and our lives together. And in both of these passages, uh, Paul speaks about how our hearts should be overflowing with thankfulness to God as we sing. Now, I wish that I had about an hour here to go over everything that we have said here at First Baptist Covington, especially these last couple of years, about music and about corporate worship and about vision and direction for our church. Uh, I don't have time to rehash all of that here, but I'll simply point out that the very plain reading of Scripture, even in the first century, in a context where so many of these new believers would have known the Psalms, they would have sung the Psalms, they would have been well acquainted with them as the Song Book of Israel. Paul also adds to that 
that they are to be singing hymns and spiritual songs. So we see even in the New Testament that there there are some places, Philippians 2 is one, this great Christological hymn, we call it, that Christ emptied himself and made himself nothing, and God has given him the name that is above every name. We see that even in the early church, the early church began using poetic language to talk about God and talk about the gospel that reflected back to the Old Testament and the Psalms that they would have known well, but they were new songs. These were new spiritual songs and new hymns. So the point is very simple, friends. From the very first days of the church being founded, there were different types of music. There were different types of songs that were being sung for God's glory. And Paul admonishes the church that they should be singing all of these types of songs psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I do think there's a very real sense in which we should say in our churches today that there should be diversity in our music. We should sing old hymns. We should sing songs that are just straight scripture and reflecting upon the Psalter that's still our songbook, talking about what God did with the people of Israel and how these things are now fulfilled in Jesus. And that we should be writing new songs Even in the Old Testament, the Lord was commanding the choir masters and those that were musically equipped to be singing new songs to the Lord. So church family, during this new season of transition in our church, I just want us to all be reminded of what I think we all know deep, deep down in the recesses of our hearts, that music moves us and music is important to us. But ultimately, the music of the church is not about us. It's not about what we like the most. It's not about singing only songs that we know. It's not about singing songs that are in a particular key or a particular style or written a particular way. But that the church should be bursting forth with God's praise in all different types of music. Now, there are some that would argue uh, our day, in our day, I think wrongly, that we're not supposed to have instrumentation because it's not mentioned in the New Testament. The only thing the New Testament mentions is singing. I I think that's a wrong application of Scripture. But even as we look back into the Old Testament, friends, remember that there's language about cymbals and harps and lyres and stringed instruments. And I've often put it this way. The kind of instruments that the people of God would have been familiar with would have been much closer to the horns and woodwinds of an orchestra or the guitars and drums of a more contemporary service than they would have been a piano or an organ. And I think that, again, this is just a needed reminder that we are worshiping in an American context We're worshiping in a historic Southern Baptist context here at First Baptist. But we need all kinds of music. We need all kinds of instruments. We need all kinds of people and all kinds of rhythms and melodies and harmonies because we want the diversity of our church to be reflected in the diversity of our praise. And I've told our musicians and our vocalists, our worship leaders, um, past and present, All the same thing as it relates to criteria for for choosing and singing music in our church. We're going to sing songs that are 
rooted in the gospel. They're saturated with scripture. They're, they're really God-centered songs. And they're songs that the congregation can sing well. And they're songs that we can sing with excellence. So they're songs that we can know and, and songs that we can love and learn to love to sing together as a church family. Now, we're going to make mistakes. And we may pick songs that we realize that was a difficult song to sing. We may pick songs that we realize that song had some muddy theology or questionable lyrics. And so we're always going back and trying to re-clarify and recategorize what are the best songs that we can be putting in front of our people? What are the songs that fit the sermon for the week? And brothers and sisters, just know we spend a lot of time thinking and praying and planning over those things week after week. So our prayer emphasis for January the 20th is that God would unite our hearts to fear his name as it relates to all of us developing a biblical view of worship, that we would ask the Lord to give us a heart to obey him as a congregation, as we seek to unite our worship services together, that we would bring our praises to him in all of these different forms. And church family, ask today that the Lord would help Christ's word to dwell in us, as we sing together each week and that our hearts would overflow with thankfulness. Well, if you'll flip to the Old Testament into the book of Isaiah chapter 57, verse 15, this is the prayer emphasis for January the 21st. January the 21st. And you've probably heard me quote this passage a number of times. This is one of the first passages that I remember memorizing once the Lord really gripped my heart and started helping me really see what he uh, said about himself in the Bible. And so this is one of those places where God is speaking. It's not just someone talking about God and describing what he's like, but this is God himself speaking. And God says, Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, and to revive the heart of the contrite. This is such a wonderful passage of scripture, and I'm going to make our prayer emphasis today, uh, since we're merging these podcasts to together over these days, I'm going to make this really short and brief. I want you to just meditate over this passage of Scripture. And as you do, especially as we've been talking about worship and singing and God's glory and unifying our church, pray today that God would help you meditate on His glorious character, on His high and holy and eternal ways and ask that the Lord would reveal himself to us more and more in his word so that it would make us more like Christ and would continually revive our spirits. This passage speaks about how it's God's desire to dwell with those who are lowly and contrite of spirit, broken and humble, not haughty, not arrogant, not putting ourselves in the place of God. So let's come before him as a church united. Let's come before him with all of our diversity. Let's come before him humbling ourselves, recognizing how glorious and high and holy 
he really is. Well, our scripture passage for today is actually a lengthy one. And this is Psalm 145. So if you continue flipping back in your Old Testament to Psalm 145, I'm not going to read this entire passage of scripture on the podcast today. I simply want to point out a few of the different verses from Psalm 145. It's a song of praise. It's a song of David. And David says, verse 1, I will extol you, my God and King. Bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. In verse 4, he describes how one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. This is the kind of verse that makes its way into how we think about the next generation and how we think about ministering to our families and to their children. On your glorious splendor and your majesty and your wondrous works, I will meditate. So even this morning in our worship service, in our 830 service, uh, the choir, which was uh, back in great number today, sang a wonderful choral anthem called The Majesty and Glory of Your Name. And you hear that kind of language reflected here in Psalm 145. Verse 6, they shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. Down in verse 8, the psalmist talks about how the Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that he's made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. And speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power and make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. This entire psalm just bursts with praise. Down in verse 18 is a wonderful promise and assurance. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who hear him. who fear him. He hears their cry. He saves them. And so the psalm ends by saying, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So even looking back a couple of days ago as we thought about music, even looking yesterday at this passage from Isaiah about God's high and holy ways, now in Psalm 145, we read about God's majesty and his glory and his greatness and how we should be constantly speaking and singing of his praise. And so our prayer emphasis is that today God would allow us to soak in these verses that tell of his majesty and glory. Ask the Lord to help us long to praise him for his greatness, to speak of his grace and his mercy and his love. Pray that we would see God as our Savior and our faithful provider who truly satisfies all of our desires. I hope that all of these things are the prayers of your heart as God continues to unite us and as he continues helping us as we are growing together. Well, tomorrow will be Monday, January the 23rd. This will begin the last week of prayer. And so I'll join you again tomorrow on the podcast. We'll see you then.